Won't you please make this? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Please Make This. This is the podcast where we come up with a movie, write scenes from that movie, and then we perform scenes from that movie with live actors. My name is Spencer D. Blair, and I am one of your hosts. Uh, my name is Hobart Thompson, and I'm one of your hosts. And uh, we're joined today by a special guest host. Hi, my name is Hannah Daniel. I'm your guest host. Yay! Uh, you might remember Hannah's uh, voice from uh, the uh, episode Super Duper, a movie that she helped us write about uh, a, a woman trying to find what her superpower was yeah. <laughs> in a world where everyone has superpowers. Didn't we decide that her... Who was it who decided that her superpower was she knew the name of every dog? I think it Yeah, that sounds like a Hobart thing yeah. to we, write. I think we decided it in the room, and I think we were like, uh, whoever writes the last scene gets it's to just, decide. Just gets to decide. Yeah. What a power. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty dope power. You know their true names. Production now. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Is. It's gonna be great. Yeah, give them we got Brie Larson. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, tonight we're also joined by our guest writer. It's me, Liz Getty. I'm your guest writer. Yay! Bring <laughs> that usual Liz Getty enthusiasm. Hey. <laughs> Uh, 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 listen, we've had you on a reading uh, for many episodes. A couple of them, yeah. yeah. We also yeah, do another fun. show with us, Destin Day Jobs. I do do Destin Day Jobs. <laughs> you said do do. Balloons just all fell from the ceiling. <laughs> Much like Destin Day Jobs in this podcast, if you make us tiny little vocal mistakes, Spencer will dig in on it. <laughs> I'm a mean girl. <laughs> well, I am the coolest person on Destin Day Jobs. <laughs> and oh, yeah. that is canon. That is canon. That's really canon. No, that is honest to God the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I, both the performer and character. Um. I mean, I don't. I don't. Uh, I know that we we just started, but I just want to put this uh, out there as an idea. Yes. Uh, what if we wrote a movie that involved Dungeons and Dragons and so Absolutely. Way? You know, that would be great because I have never played in my life. <laughs> <laughs> we like yeah. to learn things occasionally on this podcast. It card situation. Hannah pulled me aside at a show the other day and just goes, and, and I can't remember what we were talking about, but she just says to me, I have never played D&D before in my life. Would you teach me how to play? And I was like, you came to the right person. <laughs> I think it, was so, it would be something that I would enjoy. It's mm-hmm. so fun. Oh, we should sometime. You, you would probably enjoy there, it. Maybe. I mean, are we just going to turn this off? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did bring my dice. There's always yeah. in my bag. I have my yeah. dice right there. We can draw up some characters real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, everybody. Let's pause this recording real quick. <laughs> We're going to come back four hours later. <laughs> just all of us. We died. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even have a DM. Who is giving us instructions? What's that game, Risk? Isn't that another like game that takes hours and hours and hours? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. No much, dragons. much different rules. Yeah. There, there can be dragons. I've played the Lord of the Rings edition. Oh. Oh man. Are all the are the countries still in it, or is it just a map of Mordor? It's Mordor, and uh, <laughs> they have so all many the, doors. They, they have a bunch <laughs> of. You can choose to be human or orc and wow. an elf, and it's really cool. Okay. So it is kind of a crossover. Yeah. That's yeah. fun. I love it. I love Risk. Risk is one of my favorite mm. games. Risk is uh, Risk is good. It's always a little frustrating. That's one of those ones we really find uh, out what people are like that you know. I I, I knew a I knew I knew a couple in college, and uh, I don't know this one hundred percent for true. Mm. This is, might be just speculation mm. by me and all my friends, but we think the kind of beginning of the end of their relationship was a night where we all played Monopoly together. Oh my Fair. god! And like he was like kind of a dick about it, like really twisting people's arms. He like really goad you into making a deal, and at uh. the end he'd be like, "That was dumb. You shouldn't have done that." Whoa! <laughs> and I got like really, and he was yeah. not normally like that. It was very about unusual. Monopoly too. I know. Like I really. So then by the end, we were all like fucking pissed, and like. Like, you could just see on her face, she was like, mm-hmm, 
cool. This is the guy I'm dating, huh? Because they weren't <laughs> on the same team, I bet either. No, oh, you have teams in Monopoly. Well, yeah. I don't. I don't oh, want to play games. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. When some insider trading. Like real yeah. business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. Monopolies. We're new Monopoly indictment of capitalism rules. <laughs> I'm Martin Shkreli. <laughs> God, I'm so sorry what that I said that. That oh. you brought him back into the the our conversation. Yeah, into the cultural exists. zeitgeist. Yeah. Sorry, yes. everybody. Um. Cool I mean, games are, I think, games? now a strong like converse, uh, could, part of this conversation. It could be cool to do someone who's trying to make the next Dungeons & Dragons, or, like, <laughs> whatever the next, like, wow. big board game See, is. See, that's, that's cool because there are a lot of people who do that. Like, yeah. there's a big game, like, our RPG tabletop game community, and there's a bunch of <laughs> yeah. alternate there's versions cool of Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember who I was Call talking to, but one of my friends is yeah. actually a person who designs board games. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Be a cool job. Is it a cool job, or does it suck? I, it sounds like it's both because oh, yeah. you just have to sure. be a math nerd. That's basically all it is. Do you yeah. think? Do you think like I? I feel like board games have this like new like rebirth oh, and like this yeah. like new popularity again. Mm-hmm. Why do you? What do you think that like comes from? I think people are just looking for any excuse to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we can Honestly, all just exist on the yeah. internet, <laughs> I think everyone just like wants to hang out more. Well, I think it's. That's I think it's nice. two things. I think it's one a way to kind of unplug and get away from yeah. the. It's like, communal. Get, get yeah. for a little bit, but it also I think is based on our culture of like being children who played video games, mm. and so now that's like just a big part of like how we gain entertainment. Yeah, and like relate to each yeah. other even. Like, I like, think that's why we like complicated board games. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I just like doing. Them. Yeah, it's yeah. It's all because of Ocarina of Time. Oh yeah, it's because yeah, we're used to yeah, stuff dude. like at that level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Settlers of Catan probably wouldn't have stood the ground back when like the one board game was shoots and ladders. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, still what the fuck is this? Yeah, oh. Candyland and uh, Settlers of Catan. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Candyland. There is a dumb game, and looking back on it, it's. So bizarre. The la- Did you guys ever have Candyland? Of course. Yeah. I'm still horny for the licorice man. I would make my parents play with me all the time. And like, I went, like, found our old game at my parents' house, Low Tide, and I was like, God, this game fucking sucks. It's just you draw a color card and, and you go to that space. Yeah. It's the simplest game. There's no stakes, nothing happens. Do you remember winning a lot? Uh, of course. Do you think your parents let you win? Of course they mm-hmm. did. Yeah, that's oh, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably why you liked it. Because they probably recognized that it was a game of chance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just remember one of the last times I was home, I was playing chess with my cousin because he had just gotten a chessboard, and so we were playing, and uh, he beat me, and I was just kind of—he was like eight, so I was kind of half-assing it, and he was like, "Ha ha, you're an idiot. You're really dumb." And I was like, "Let's play again, buddy." And I was like 100% focused, and I kicked his ass. And I was like, you will never speak to me like that again. <laughs> what a life lesson. I'm very competitive, uh, competitive and very petty. Mm. Uh, can't spell competitive yeah, without, without petty. So what are we, what are we thinking? What are we thinking of this movie, gang? Mm. Um, we've, we've, we've painted this uh, rich fantasy world Ooh. already so well. Uh, I think... Uh, I'm I'm nervous because I wanted to pitch something and then it and then it sounded basically like the Cones of Dunshire episode. That's, of what that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I was like I was like, what if we create a board game that literally makes no sense and we can just like pull like Deus Ex Machina out whenever we need to and then we could play and then we could like have like a finding Bobby Fisher type 
That's why I think we need to have <laughs> well, <movie. laughs> I think that's why we need to have like the game be focused on the playing of the game. You know, I, I'm all. I was worried that we were about to create Jumanji, <laughs> uh, but like I'm try, now, I'm kind of like thinking it's like a movie that exists somewhere between Jumanji and Cones, the Cones of Dunshire episode yeah. of Park Center. What if it's like a high stakes gambling situation, but like a very basic board game? Ooh. Like a million dollar table of Candyland. Real money. It's like real properties. Like, like real neighborhoods. Just, oh, Monopoly for the 1%. Oh, shit. Oh, God. So someone <laughs> realizes that their wife is Monopoly? What if... What, <laughs> why is the rent going up so much on my neighborhood? What if... What it's if, that damn hotel they put in. <laughs> what if we do a live-action version of Monopoly? Oh, my God. So we're going to try to adapt Monopoly. <laughs> Into a plot. So we're following then, of course, then the exploits of Rich Uncle Pennybags. Uh-huh. The only character in Monopoly. And that's not true. Simple. There's the hat. Oh, the thimble, There's a yeah. car. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Okay. You're starting to get... You're starting to get me on board for this now. If we adapt Monopoly into a movie. I think that's the dumbest thing. And if, honestly... Yeah. I think if we don't do this, it's going to happen a year from now. (laughs) Board games are very big. And then it's going to be rebooted in 2024. Yes, this is what would have happened. Like, we're we're doing a script from a timeline in which the Battleship movie was a big success. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the adapted Battleship? (laughs) Boom. I mean... I I, I saw uh, most of that movie. I got kind of tired of it and turned it off. But, like, they actually do... Battleship in that game, like they kind of like have the like alien gridded out. Well, no, so like, the aliens that land, they keep firing these bombs to destroy all of America's battleships, oh, and the bombs fall, and they're in the shape of red dead. pegs. Uh, and so they four red pegs hit and line up on a ship, and then the ship explodes. And I was like, oh my god, they're just doing the battleship pieces. I love that as That's a sci-fi cool. concept. <laughs> so let's bring that same energy to Monopoly the movie. Uh, Okay. If we're down with that, if we're down with that. I love Monopoly the movie. So we got the Monopoly man. <laughs> Rich Uncle Pennybags. The dog. The little Scotty dog. There's a little yeah. Scotty dog. Well, I think I think we should pick... I'm thinking we kind of uh, clue it and mm-hmm. we have all the pieces represent people yeah. involved. Yeah. So like the thimble is maybe like something from like the garment district. I'm imagining these are all a like seamstress these are like rich Whoa. people battling it out. Yeah, like a, like a like a like a millionaire fashion designer. Yeah, yeah, the, for the hats. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking for the thimble because you use the thimble. Oh, the thimble. Oh, yeah, either. A yeah, hat. We're gonna have to, I cannot think of Monopoly. I'm Don't sorry. worry, I'm on it. We're going to the. There's the, the dog. Internet. There's the hat. There's the car. There's the iron. Uh, oh. There's <laughs> the thimble. I love the thimble. I, I feel like there's the one more. I always was hat. I'm hat for life mm-hmm. over here. If I got lucky, I'd put the hat on the thimble and oh, both. Sh- oh, we'd always put the hat <laughs> on the dog. Oh, oh. lame. <laughs> pretty, pretty normy. I, I think I was the pretty. car usually. Yeah, that sounds Remember? about right. Yeah. Sorry, I had trouble finding the pieces. Fancy. Oh, the the car should be a race car driver. Uh, oh, like a rich athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so uh, I'm about to find the classic tokens. Here we go. Definitely Formula One. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh my god, how many different... Just show me a picture uh, of the... What? I was going to say, uh, it's Dale Earnhardt Jr. the third. Dale Earnhardt Jr. 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 He okay. just knows my junior. Hey, it's me, Junior Jr. <laughs> I think there is a Dale Earnhardt the third? Jr. 
Okay, here we go. The There's car. Junior. There's Junior. The iron, the lantern, the, the lantern. purse, the oh. rocking horse, the thimble, uh, and the top hat. Mm-hmm. Are those the classic? I was forgot about those the, are the original wooden pieces. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about the rocking horse because I think yeah. we broke ours. The legs came off. What if it's like they Jumanji, but somebody gets sucked into Monopoly, but it's just life? <laughs> I don't think anyone needs to be sucked into it. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna adapt Monopoly, in this movie, I want it to just be oh, a like ad- adaptation of the story of <laughs> Monopoly. Just gentrification. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no! It's a tragedy. <laughs> Monopoly, the the movie, aka Reverse Rent. I, I mean, yes. <laughs> wow, that's uh, pretty fun. Yeah. Don't make this a musical. When, when the new Rent came on recently Nick and I were watching it and we were like that Benny guy is a good boy <laughs> <laughs> we said were he... like people have to pay rent and then we yeah. were like oh we're oh no <laughs> this dude let you live in these apartments for free for as long as you did and you still couldn't get jobs <laughs> I know it's so funny to watch it now as an adult and be like oh like in high school we were like yeah fuck that guy and now we're like oh now yeah now somebody you, pays you rent I'm like no they're job. right <laughs> I'd be so pissed if I was their neighbor. This brings up an interesting point. If we're making the Monopoly movie and we're following the exploits of a bunch of rich people, uh, who's who are we following? And who is like, is, is there a protagonist or is this sort it's of their... like an ensemble comedy of just like shitty rich people? Okay. Like rat race. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Rat, rat race was like buying up a city. Yeah, <laughs> so what if... Mr. Uh, Mr. Rich... Rich De- Uncle Pennybags. Rich Uncle Pennybags... What if it's either he's like the mayor and he's just like said like, okay, this land is now open for sale for some weird reason, Mm. or he's just an old guy who dies and leaves no will. And so now the land's just up for grabs. It's all these property. Yeah. I was kind of picturing Mr. Monopoly. But then we find out maybe he's not dead. He's not dead. <laughs> Got he's like a little like free card. devil on the shoulder of all these rich people. Mm-hmm. Oh, buy this, buy this. Oh, wait. over this, people. Maybe that's what we need to do. We forgot about the most important part. Well, not the most important part. One of the most like uh, uh, characteristic parts of uh, iconographic parts of Monopoly is the go to jail. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So maybe Mr. Monopoly's in jail, and all of his uh, holdings have been seized. Oh. And these are like uh, his competitors, his like people inside his own company. You know, so, yeah, people trying to buy up the stuff that is kind of like being put in. And they're uh, buying. And they're buying the railroads. We're also forgetting yeah. railroad, water <laughs> company, electric company. There's mm. there's a oh there's a parking garage on the game, aka free parking. So this movie is like it's about like the fall of a big capitalist. Like it's like what happened if like no, this if is late stage Bezos. capitalism at its finest. <laughs> yeah, like when, when the big tree falls. Yeah, the other scramble for the canopy. All the other trees um, fight. Ooh. Oh, now that's a movie. Oh, should we, should we make a movie where trees fight each other? Yes, yeah, scrap Lord of the Rings again? Or we yeah, yeah, but just the, the ants fighting. fucking each other up. <laughs> just, yeah. just an ant fight club. <laughs> yeah, ant world. <laughs> moving so slowly to hit each other. I love it. Um, yeah, this is basically just a movie about late stage capitalism at its worst slash best. I, I I do I do really like this this now. I, I think we I'm glad that we we've taken the concept of make Monopoly real. <laughs> we're like now we're like, but what if it meant something? <gasps> oh, the dog person has to be like a rich like person who does dog shows. Like their their dog was in the oh, Westminster yeah. Dog Show. Oh sure, yeah, yeah dog I dog. love that. Yeah, okay, oh, okay. The, uh, 
the horse guy, uh, rocking horse, is a race. Uh, ra- yeah, like a, uh, yeah, a yeah, horse. Oh race horse no, I've got an even better one for you that mm-hmm. I think you like. Texas Oil Baron, because uh, like, of the horse. I like, uh, but I like because Kentucky. the car is race cars. Mm. I just like like Kentucky gentlemen. <laughs> oh, he can be a KFC no. man. Okay, sure. Yeah, but he's like southern. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, 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 both. I think get you a man who can do both. He can take yeah, yeah. His is his is a general southern <laughs> business. Yeah, we're working in architecture. We're not getting too right. deep. What are the other pieces again? So we we so we want to do race car driver for the race car. Uh-huh. Uh, we want to do uh, like a fashion district kind of guy for the, uh, for the person for the designer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Design, clothing designer. That's great. Uh, then for the iron, would that be like? I mean, here's the here's a cool like potentially for the iron like sometimes people who like uh, own like dry cleaning places like mm-hmm. can make so much fucking money in big cities because they own like a few different money laundering. Oh, money laundering! Yeah, also I was I was also gonna suggest. <laughs> oh, I like all of these. I was gonna suggest like, what if it's someone who owns like a small appliance shop, like a Sears esque. Uh, uh, going under? No, no, no. I'm not serious. No, they're Sears, going up. Sears back in like I'm imagining this. This takes place in like olden times. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking JCPenney like immediately yeah. after Sears closed. I'm honestly kind of looking for if, if ideally I would want to set this in the time period in which the game was created. Like, uh, which I believe is like the, the kind of 20s, like, 30s? Yeah, the post, yeah, post uh, the Great Depression kind of mm-hmm. would be kind of fun, right? Yeah, I think fun? I think yeah I do. I think that okay. the iron should be like a salt of the earth kind of person because I think, it's yeah, like because it's very, it, that's like physical it's labor. His butler. <laughs> yeah. then you also get like the like interesting class stuff where it's like people who like might have been born into money, and then the person that's like, yeah, I worked really hard, and now yeah, I like I'm just fucking like, loaded because I'm a businessman. A lot of people could just become millionaires if this, they found like a business solution. Yeah. If they found like, a bit, this yeah. still points to our uh, our kind of main problem is like who is this movie following? Like, who is the protagonist that we're going to follow the most? Is it the humble salt of the earth person? Is it any, you know, is it any of them? Uh, I'm kind of imagining also we could just do like sort of like, not like the mockumentary style, but like sort of like um, a, after you brought the dog show thing, I was thinking of Best in Show. Yeah. And I was like, just like a movie that follows a lot of characters kind of equally. Yeah, but yeah. there's no goal at the end unless we build They're all trying to goal. buy up the whole city. Well, they wanna, yeah, but they, they're all trying but, to buy oh, what he has. But then, yeah. but then the end of it, then you just go, I, I got it. Whereas, like, best in show, it ends with the dog winning. Well, either we see who wins at the end, or maybe, like, the whole thing is, like, some sort of uh, long game plot by penny bags from prison. Which Uncle Pennybags? Or someone prison? gets mad. Oh, he goes to jail. He's yeah. A, he's a mob boss. <laughs> I mean, he could even be a mob boss. There is a fun kind of crime like element that. to it. But I think, I think that, you know, I, I don't think he should be, like, an outward criminal. I think he should be. A criminal like all of the people who do a white collar make criminal. a ton of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Welcome to Chapo Trap House, everybody. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I just don't think you can make that much money and not be a criminal, but. <laughs> um, uh, do we go through all the items? I don't. I think we still had a couple. That oh, we, we still had some items. Yeah, There's the hat. Uh, yeah. The hat. Oh, so we don't need a fact. We need a fashion district for that one. No, the that's the fashion symbol. Oh shit! I keep forgetting. There's so many clothes-related ones. Could be hat on um, dimple. Hat has to be like an old money, like asshole. Oh yeah, just it's got to be just some ninety-year-old yeah. yeah. in a wheelchair, just like thank it, you. It, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, my family once owned all these side. Yeah. <laughs> Do it again. Like a dandy. 
like a like an inherited wealth dandy. Yeah. Okay. So definitely, I I'm thinking definitely old money. Like. Either way, it's just like someone old money, be it like a young idiot who has a bunch of Wait, money. What if he's Pennybags' like nephew? It's Uncle Pennybags. Oh, yeah. He oh, he's, he's the like nephew. There has to be someone in the actual family that's like trying to get this shit. Okay. So he's the okay, hat. there we go. The hat I love is, uh, yeah, the nephew uh, of uh, Rich Uncle Pennybags. Uh, what else was there? I feel like we're missing one or two. Uh, dog, we said dog show. Horse is going to be some sort of southern business, be it oil baroning or racehorse. Uh, oh, um, why not both? Uh, there's also the, um, <laughs> there's one, there's a couple more. The wife. Is there like a basket or like a, oh, the, oh there's, there's the, the purse. Lantern. The there's lantern. There's a purse and a lantern. In the purse. Yep. Uh, the lantern is green lantern. Mm-hmm. Hal Jordan, of course. Ooh, maybe the uh, the purse uh, is a banker. Ooh, because someone got a has purse. to be the banker. And, yeah, yeah. And so maybe. Oh yeah, yeah we also, also do pulling, need a banker. Maybe they're pulling strings. The purse rep is represented by the banker, and we she's like a, a banker that purse like pulls strings. Up we might need to play Monopolies. I remember. I don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I remember correctly, it involves me losing a lot. Yeah. Never was very good. So at the it. first part of it is you re- you figure out the personality of your token. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you hold it. In you your write hands. a secret for your token only you know. <laughs> this hat um, used to be on a guy's head. What? So and the guy was bald, but he wore the hat, so you wouldn't know. Ooh, and it had little spicy. hair sewn into the. <laughs> grandpa had one of those. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. A shoe. There's also a shoe. A shoe. Oh, there's a shoe. That can be your uh, your athlete. We are but it's like a business shoe. We have a guy who's in a race car. That's, you know, that's a sport. Okay, so let's think about that time period and think about, like... What a shoe is. Would have, what is a shoe? <laughs> okay. Who would have, like... In the, 19, the 1936 edition contained a... Well, those are weird. Uh, this is the one I read earlier. Uh-oh. A gun? The, the first version <laughs> included a bear. Uh, oh! Uh, but then the 37 version included a car, the iron, the lantern we still need to pick, purse, rocking horse, the shoe, the thimble, and the top hat, and the dog. Okay. I feel like the shoe... We also oh, like also a battleship. stores. Could the, oh. one of them be like a department Maybe a military. Store? There's a battleship? Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. I do remember that vaguely. Yeah, but I can't. I, I can't tell if if I'm remembering no that in the same way that I remember a Sinbad movie where he's a magic genie. It could be a shipping magnet, someone new, uh, like Amazon. Ooh. Yeah, olden timey Amazon. <laughs> Old Amazon. So, yeah, it's called Old Amazon. <laughs> Show the Sears robot catalog. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we have a lot yeah, of. Yeah, uh, we need a, like a. Yeah, we need like a department store. A department owner. store. I think yeah, a department store owner would be great. I don't know about the ship representing the department store. I I, I like the idea of shipping. Maybe, oh, an old general. But it's different. Yeah, that too. I also thought of yeah, military uh, background. All oh, the spoils of war. He's like, uh, so I'm gonna buy this building. Are we just accidentally creating clue? <laughs> oh, the, the the lantern. He's, he's got the lantern. He's got this gold. He's got this like yellowish coat on. This general. Uh, he's like a. a He's uh, a colonel, actually. Okay, I like that. <laughs> Spelled C O L O N E L. Colonel. He's a colonel. Yeah, yeah. I, I said that accidentally out loud reading uh, in a class in elementary school. He's a colonel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what does it look like? I don't know. My family's not military. Uh, um, uh, but, 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 but. So, yeah, we need the lantern. I don't remember the lantern. Is there something with 
like yeah. uh, so there is like an electric. The company. electric company. Yeah, there's electric company. Ooh, Ooh. that's good. Like Ooh. It's yeah. Mr. Edison himself. <laughs> Thomas Alva oh, Edison. Man. I don't know. That's, there's or there's Tesla. a the wizard. Oh. There's of a dangerous Park. road to go down if we start putting real people on this. The uh, Edison's uh, too early, but uh, uh, I mean. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. We're gonna be creating <laughs> so much work. A Rockefeller. So I mean, yeah. Well, let's just let's just do let's just do fake people. <laughs> yeah. Fake people based on characteristics. If you want to parody a real person, that's fine. But I don't want to put that pressure what on. What if us. it's a guy who like I already had to Google all the monopoly pieces. <laughs> what if he's like high up at the electric company and he thinks he invented electricity and Edison stole his? Oh, idea. so he's delusional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But he owns a company. But he owns a company. But he still can't like get over that. Slide. I love that that he thinks he invented electricity. Harness. Yeah. I mean, this can exist in an alternate uh, uh, reality where his family did invent a like a harness electricity first. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like they yeah. like they can were the Edisons that? of this scratch reality. Yeah. Hey, can you put that back? I did not in the imply record? that Edison created electricity. electricity. <laughs> Obviously. Twas Edison stepping out of his time machine who tied the key to Franklin's kite. (laughs) (laughs) Twas Edison who went up into the sky and rubbed clouds together. (laughs) Generating lightning. And that's what Mike called his face on. (laughs) 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 Stay tuned for more. Um, Okay, uh, then what was the... We still have to do the shoe. The shoe, yeah. Ooh, Ooh, a journalist. A kicker. A shoe. Ki- oh, no, wait, that's a detective. Uh, or an actor. <laughs> they stop like, the like shoe leather reporting, yeah, like that kind of, yeah. that kind of 30s vibe. Yeah. Well, what if, because like, some of these people are going to have money. He'd have, he'd have, to, have, he'd have well, to be like the owner of a I'm newspaper. imagining that some of these people will be involved in the plot and some of these people will be involved <gasps> in the kind of silent stuff. Like the banker oh. will not be like on the kind of the same level. One of the people buying stuff. Digging up all the dirt on the Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of fun. And he's going to be like wearing the top hat, and that'll be the subtle nod. (laughs) Oh, now he's like, he's the shoes. The 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 banker was the purse. The banker's purse. The top hat's the nephew. God, we've already made this YouTube call. You think we're recording this so we can all listen to it. Yeah, God. What great podcasting this is. Us just <laughs> listing off the Monopoly pieces and saying what they remind us yeah, of. Yeah, this is probably going to need to be truncated a little bit. We, we, I mean, we've gotten deep on some Monopoly pieces. I think this is probably technically S- ASMR now. Oh. <laughs> Four people drink beer while telling you all about the Monopoly pieces. <laughs> I think I've watched enough ASMR at this point to be very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're, we're court so much we're done. I tried it on Nick the other day. Oh, Yikes. <laughs> no, <laughs> it works. <laughs> let's talk about uh, the plot of this movie a little bit. And yeah. Let, and so that okay, we can yeah. start figuring out what scenes we want to write. So we got to start out with Uncle Pennybags going to jail. Rich Uncle Pennybags. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We got to start. His I, name I, is Rich. I Oh, nice. Oh. And his, and his name is like Rich, Rich Pennybags. Uncle Pennybags. <laughs> Uncle Pennybags. Middle name Uncle. It's, 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 uh, it's Ukrainian. <laughs> oh, he's right. He's Uncle Pennybags. Yeah. He's going to shoulder because he's an immigrant. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's a very moving story. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do a prequel to this where it's just him getting his millions. Uh... <laughs> Uncle Pennybag, Uncle Pennybag is millions. 
We can pick a new name, please do. Yeah, let's do anything but Uncle Why don't we just have a different name, but they call him in the press, like, Uncle Penny because he's, like, a very rich, like... He's a rich philanthropist. What if it's, like, Peterson? Something that could be morphed by, like, a tabloid into penny bags. Rich Pennywinkle. I mean, he could be from... P- Petersburg. What if it was like, Penny yeah, what if, what if it was like Pennyborg? Penny... That's even dumber Penny, than Uncle Pennybig. Pennyburger. Why not just call him his Richard, Richard Richard. Richard Pennybags? Richard? Because we want to make the name as complicated as possible. We okay. want to devote the next ten minutes to deciding what our rich nom, Uncle Pennybag's character nom, is. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> I vote Pennyburg. <laughs> okay, I'm down with Richard rich Pennyburg. Uncle Cracker Pennyburg. <laughs> <laughs> rich Uncle Cracker, Penny. A little bit of stunt casting, we get Uncle Cracker to play the character. Stay tuned. Everything Everything is right. I got this weird letter from prison from from, from Uncle Cracker. <laughs> Uncle Cracker. Follow me. Follow me. It's a Everything is alright. Uh, oh, it's the Goonies okay. now. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know it. Uh, okay, so we have okay, so Richard Pennybags. Pennyburg. Pennyburg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and we, the movie starts off, I imagine, with him going to jail. Jail. Yeah, and then so suddenly his uh, so a lot of his assets were forfeit, yeah. and there's a lot of question within the company as it's being split off and sold out. Uh, who is going? I think to it was all seized by the government. Yeah, and, and so now everyone and now everyone can just buy it. Yeah, is that like in a auction, like in a state auction type scenario? Kinda, yeah. Like how? What do rich people do? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're, we're talking about a world that none of us are from. You know what? That'll make it funny. I don't think, like, oh, I don't think they have, like, I think, like, in a oh, state the auction, it's a little auction. more, like, in, I, don't, I think it's, like, internal matter, rather. Like, I think it's people meeting in offices more than it's, like, people holding up numbers while uh, a guy talks fast. I think they do You're probably this right. Yeah. In the I do 20s. think if people have, like, a ton of property that's, like, not I mean, legit, it does get we also have to remember if we're setting this in the 20s and 30s, there's not a whole lot of oversight on that. Yeah. yeah. Like nowadays, you have to like put in a whole submission of what you want to do with the land first. But then back then, I'm sure you you could just be like, uh, I want to buy this land and then uh, poop on it and then once and then <laughs> nice. light it on fire. <laughs> like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Thanks, man. I don't think that we are knowledgeable enough right now to mm. actually kind of set this in our conversation. But I think that the, we should try to in our scripts. We should all like we have two weeks. Let's. Uh, sorry, podcast listeners. I don't mean to. I know that you probably think that we do this all in ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, what if we all did a look, a little research into kind of the real estate practices that brought about like the Great Depression and like try to weave some of those things into oh, what they're doing. Teapot dome. dome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The kind of that's the stuff, the inflation and the the kind of dirty dealing that led up to the crisis. There's a Can lot I... of dirty dealing in Monopoly. And they're done dirt mm-hmm. cheap. Can I make a proposal? Yeah. I was thinking, I think maybe we need, we have kind of our like Richie Rich uh, trying to get the shit people. I feel like we also, and we have like the banker and then we have the journalist. I feel like we need like a policeman or a detective or somebody who's like the dealing with the. I feel like maybe. Ooh, <laughs> yes. oh, the lantern of justice <laughs> in I darkest so. day. Yeah. It's like there's like some sort of illegal. Oh, brightest day. In darkest like day. In darkest day. I like having That's a lantern. You need a, lantern. A, a detective. I kind of like that yeah. too. That's fun. That's a good usage of the character, and also that helps us because if we have too many of the rich assholes trying to buy stuff up, so yeah, funny. that's that's a that's a lot of uh, action to kind of pace out to them. But yeah, if we have the lantern is the cop 
or it's probably gonna be like an like a IRS or FBI like person, right? Kind of the, with the the height of these crimes. Like... I don't think it's like a, a beat cop is stumbled upon this <laughs> yeah. mystery. Yeah, as like a Rorschach character, like. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes. He's yeah, he's he's got a grappling gun and everything. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, so we notice we have the sort of uh, bureaucratic agent. We have then the shoe is the journalist, and then we have the uh, other outside character. Currently, is the purse that is the banker. Mm-hmm. 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 Who I think should be have the sort of like grim, like you know. I think maybe I mean we're, we're if we're talking like twists and stuff. I think the banker should end up having like more to do with it than she lets on. Like maybe it's like one of those things where it kind of seems like she's dispassionate, and sort of executing this order. But then you find out it's like who's this person who put in like they grabbed up like two blocks downtown, and they realize it's like oh it's oh no the banker's involved too. They're trying to snatch up money from the bank. Yeah, so. Stuff like yeah. that. Miriam Persman. Are we? Oh, we're giving Miriam them these Persman. kind of names <laughs> because the genie's out of the bottle now. <laughs> I have no response. <laughs> it's me, journalist Harold Chu. <laughs> um, that doesn't sound so, half bad, to be completely honest. Like if we so the way it starts is like Uncle Pennybags. Penny Borg, Penny Borg <laughs> is basically like carted off to jail. He's done some illegal dealing. He does not pass go. He does not pass go. Like two hundred dollars. No, it starts with the end of a court case, and the judge says something that mirrors. It says, that. "Go directly to yeah. jail." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deal. You do not go home. You do not get any of your assets. You do go to jail. And then you, you see until, it on the paper, until... and the paper goes down, and it's the, the nephew's face, and the camera pulls back. Sorry, I'm already... Yeah, oh, yeah no, it's, it's good. It's like it's me. Now. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, there's got to be tons of illusions. Oh, yes. Uh, What's our tone, though? Because we, we need to nail is that it more tone. Clear I think it should be. I think it should be more battleship. <laughs> like, I want it to be <laughs> so... <laughs> no, I don't mean... <laughs> like, I, I don't see that. Now I'm imagining... But I mean, I want it to take itself... So seriously. So we're doing really? LA, LA Confidential, but Monopoly. Yeah. See, I'm imagining kind of goofy. A little, I'm imagining a little cheesy. Okay. I, I, See, we're calling someone Penny Borg for God. But not like... I, but I love the hilarity. But it's only a joke if we say it with a wink. Yeah, I love the hilarity <laughs> of just meaning it. Of, just being, of us jail. just being like, we're serious writers. <laughs> Richard Penny, Penny Borg. <laughs> Berg. We keep making it Borg. It's Berg. Poor Berg. He's we a cyborg. Are. It's the future. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a sequel. He's in Robot Jail. 20. <laughs> he is a collective. Uh, okay, so it starts with uh, Uncle Pennyberg going to jail. And then I think... Uh, we there I think there would be like a series of like newspapers spinning on yeah. the screen yeah. <laughs> saying land up for grabs. So my, I, uh, uh, I just because I love when uh, uh, rich assholes have uh, names that are last names. Uh, I think it should be like Jefferson. Pittyberg uh, oh. is the nephew's name or something like that. Jefferson. Oh, what if it's okay? So here, here is a thought. What if um, basically he. The reason he owns, like, the waterworks, the electric company, whatever, is because he's doing it all through these shell corporations. Yeah. So as the journalist, like, it's coming out in the news that he owns more and more stuff that's all up for grabs. Oh, so it's it's all being discovered. Yeah. Almost like they're traveling around a board. Yeah, that's how the game progresses. It's a game to him. (laughs) 
So That's it's like great. all, yeah. So, okay, so then we follow uh, the professional athlete driver, like, sort of, like, you know, you know, like, like, I'm imagining, like, one of those, like, uh, uh, what's, the, what's French. the French one? Yeah, exactly, the French, uh, <laughs> what's that famous race? Uh, the famous French uh, car race? It's Formula One. Yeah. Formula One racing, yeah. So it's, like, a Formula One driver, and he's, like, a, you know. Uh, we, 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 they, they don't all have to be men, too. It's just some of these, I'm thinking the so 30s. Timey. I'm thinking, like, kind of these Hollywood stereotypes right now. I know. Yeah. You, said a, you said a female banker in the 30s, and I was like, good for her. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, very yeah. impressive. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's one thing. If we're going to do the, the uh, 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 making a board game real thing, we'll just, you know, we don't have to have historical, terrible accuracy. No. Fuck that. Nah. It sucks. Uh, we have to have the chance in Community Chest come into play. Yes! Because I want a beauty contest. <laughs> oh! So bad. Okay, now we're shifting back into Goofy and I <laughs> yeah, like it. I'm so sorry. So You're right. I do love chance that. cards. We need to play, you guys, we actually need to play Monopoly yeah. to remember like all of the possibilities. What if we kind of like see then these, we sort of see, okay, so it's less that all of these people are trying to buy up the entire landscape it's that each one has identified something they really want, and they'll go for it at all costs. So, like, for example, uh, the, like, uh, I don't know, I'm just going to pick one randomly. The uh, the fashion designer wants to buy this land so they can turn it into, like, a, a whole district of shopping. Oh, and geez. then... It'd be Marvin Gardens for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, oh, totally, yeah. And then, but then, like, so then they find out from, like, the people in the land that they kind of want someone to, like, you know, run for, like, a sort of alderman position. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they kind of start to do that, and we start to see that. And then, like, the beauty contest comes into play where it's like they like have to like be in it or judge it somehow so it's like we see these different stories of like these rich people going to any extremes to kind of get their piece of the pie in this post like fallout from Uncle Penny Berg Berg fuck um, <laughs> so do, fuck. do we want to do it more like an anthology where we see each one because uh, I think they're interconnected and overlapping okay yeah yeah. So more like uh, 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 Best in Show. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think I think that just makes it. We would we'd have to write for like four people every time. Yeah. I know, Kelly. <laughs> so I think I think we should narrow it down to just like four main characters. Okay. That, and That's then fair. and then like no the, the lantern can anything. come through and the, the hat. Yeah, I mean we're not gonna see the whole thing. We're yeah, I don't want to write scenes. each character every scene. Yeah, no, 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 you don't have to do I, I want, I'm saying this is like a movie with like a lot of like time skips and jumps. Okay. Like it's not like a movie that unfolds over a week. That would be absolutely demented. It's like we see like the kind of these like big jumps. It's almost like what I'm imagining now, this is, I'm sorry, this is really taking over my brain. I'm imagining like, like I want to do like a madman series <laughs> based on an album. Yeah, you want to do like boyhood about yeah. this though. No, no, that's not that far. <laughs> No, no. So what kind of okay? What kind of scenes are we imagining here? Let's start talking about some scenes we can pick. Um, well, the first one is go to jail. Yes. I think it's go to jail, and then all the people realizing that this is all like possible. For yeah, them. and that's Ooh. when they like kind of point out like what they want to go after. That's yeah. the what one. Their move is. That's the one that does. I think that scene needs to have everybody in it. Yeah, we I, see the sort of news fallout. I think. I think what would be really interesting, I, I kind of like this scene, because uh, I was going to say, is if that scene happens at uh, Jefferson Pennyberg's 
like some party he's throwing where all the rich people are there and he threw it just specifically so he could be like don't even fuck with me right now Ooh, yeah and, and he and he's just and he like leans full into his mobness and he's like you can try to buy this stuff up just know so, like he knows he's I'll about to get arrested up. Oh no, the, 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 the nephew. The nephew's oh. playing. And, and so the nephew play is that he's just intimidating everybody. That's and that's when scene. all the news comes out. And everyone just Ooh. goes, oh, I'm going to get Connecticut Avenue. Actually, yeah, because, okay, so if the bank, basically, what, what if it's something where, like, all of his property, like, reverts to the bank, and then everyone is scrambling to buy everything up, but then, like, you were saying, Hobart, like, Part of Monopoly is, like, trying to buy properties from other people so everyone can get what they want. So what if the bank is always the central location and people are, like, you know what I mean? Does that make Trading sense? Trading, like, yeah. Yeah. No. Nah, I don't know how money works. <laughs> I mean, I know. I mean, I, 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 I really like. don't play this. <laughs> I know. So I, I think, I think, we're, I think you're, I, that is a great idea. But I think, I think what it is is, like, so, like, so, like. I'm imagining now that that scene that you just described, Spencer, is mm-hmm. at the kind of end almost, and maybe that's kind of like the big chaotic moment we have at the end. Is like he brings everyone together to discuss everyone uh, trying to buy shit up cool. and be like, "Listen, I'm a pennyberg. You're not gonna buy up our shit and you know, all this kind of thing." And then everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, cool, 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 definitely." And then like everyone's looking at everyone, and then the rest of the party is like people going to the bathroom, people going into like the kitchen, just being like, "You know, trade this, trade this," and like, like all like the this sort of. A, a, the wheeling and dealing reaches like a fever pitch that dissolves into because I love to end every movie this way violence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of see it more as the beginning, and then we can use all of these fancy socialite events that are in like the chance card. Like we can use the beauty pageant to get more people back in the same Ooh, room. Ooh, that's a good idea. Have the chance cards be the times when they're all together. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a get out of jail free card. Someone has like a someone twins. Ha- I, <laughs> like someone has the get out of jail free card, and it's like, oh yeah, I have a nephew who's a really good lawyer. Jeez. And he can and he can help you out with just about any legal problem you have. Well, then I think I, I think how about this? Uh, so we can go ahead and jump into our scene picking. What if we all write? Because I think we have a great structure for this movie. Just sort of with that. What if we all decide to write like one scene that involves the kind of the lives of these characters like you know like we see the 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 race car driver trying to buy up this garage he's been wanting uh and then after that we see one of the chance card events where it's like the race car driver bumps into the uh the banker and like at a beauty pageant yeah after his like the the banker brings up his insurance fraud (laughs) And uh, he uh, he he agrees to sell him the uh, the garage. Yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah they, I think we can. Overlap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we see like one scene solo, and then, and then a scene with multiple characters overlapping. Yeah, and then that way we get kind of a better idea of what this movie would look like as a whole. I do kind of like I do kind of like the ending scene being like a large group brawl. I like. Uh, that. I think I think that that's just our. I think that's your negative view of capitalism leaching into it <laughs> where you think that once there's no money left people will just start killing each other 
I mean, that's what they're planning on doing, right? They're making all this money so they can build walled cities and just have, like, fucking... Okay, he's getting... He's being right? serious about this. <laughs> Here's a question. Otherwise, why accumulate that much? It's does, pointless. Does Uncle Pennyberg come back? Right? Does he get out of jail? I mean, we, I don't think we should discuss it right now, but I think we should discuss okay. if there is a twist that he reveals in the at the very end that he has perpetrated it's this really whole time. It's Willy Wonka. He has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get out of card. <laughs> and he flips the ball. <laughs> See? That is exactly what it should be. He messages them. He's taking a shit ton of their money and he's on his way to an island and he's like, guess you can say out of jail get out of jail free card. That's exactly what it is, Liz. Oh, feel free to cut this part out. Uh, he's been working with the banker the whole yes, time. Yes, I'm totally. Oh, and I, I also want Agreed. the banker to have, uh, you know how sometimes in like the mayor's office or someone, when they're looking at land, they have like the map of the land with like houses and stuff yes. on it? The banker has one of those in his <gasps> office. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh, Yes, that is 100% we should do. Oh, Okay. This is great. Well, I think we're ready, folks. We're ready to pass out some scenes. Liz is our guest writer. You get to pick first. I have to pick right now? Yeah. You too. Oh, you honey. Don't, you don't have to. Honey. I want to write the beauty pageant scene. Okay. So who are you imagining that between, just so we can kind of get an idea? It'll be um, the thimble. So the fashion designer. Fashion designer. And because we mentioned like the race car driver coming mm-hmm. in, talking to her. Sure. I'm imagining that, and I'm imagining he is pretty confident he's going to win, and then she convinces him to, like, not win, so that she can get something out of it, and he gets something in return, so they make a little tradey. So he's in the beauty pageant, or are you talking about, like, his next race? Or maybe, like, his hot wife is. Oh, okay. So maybe he makes a deal just based on this, like, personal thing? Yeah. That's fine. I like that. Do you, what, what do you think for your like solo business scene? If you want to set up something with either the, the fashion designer or the race car driver, that would make perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Kind then of leading up to the time when they meet? Yeah. Cool. I'll do fashion designer. Hell yeah. I like her. All right. Very cool. I always Who, play the thimble, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. We're just going to pick the one that we play. Is yeah. that cool. Uh, what, what's everyone else want? I'm dying to write a scene about the dandy. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. I'm dying. Are we going with Jefferson Pennyberg? Yeah. Yeah, I want to write cool. Jefferson Pennyberg. Jefferson Beauregard Pennyberg. Jefferson Beauregard Pennyberg is, uh, is definitely a character I want to write. <laughs> um, what would be a good like crossover? I feel like the journalist... And the, like, detective-y type are probably... Because he's, like, a part of this, like... It's kind of a crime family, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I feel like there's a point where they interact probably toward the end. Where it's like, hey, we've, <laughs> we've been investigating you and your shady dealings. So how about we make that, like, the... So, like, Liz, yours should be, like, the second one, and then yours should be the third one. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, yeah. What do you think? I uh, really want to write the opening scene, and I want to write "Go to jail, go directly to jail, do not pass go." Okay. And I want to. I want to write. So good. I want to write that, and then I think, and then I, I really was like obsessed with the idea of uh, the the nephew being like, "This is my fucking land. Don't take my shit." And then immediately after, be like, "Okay, let's start the beauty pageant." <laughs> 
then all these women have to like walk out. There's a, there's pretty a, just like they're so. Well, this, there's some real trophy you should, you vibes should, you on that. You should go through the chance deck card. There's gotta be another one. I'm looking at him right now, yeah. and I mean, mm. go to jail is a chance card. Um, yeah. He goes to jail to talk to his uncle. He gets arrested. Could do that, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do then, of course, the end. Uh, I think I would like it to kind of yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm it's gonna be kind of a group scene because I want to tie up all the things during some sort of brawl. Yeah, um, you gotta do that. My my scene is gonna take place on the boardwalk. Oh, nice. Oh yeah. Yeah, you good. guys, we need to play Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> I love Monopoly. Well, makes, uh, also, I guess when when the last question we have before we uh, go to the writers' room. Is uh, what is this movie called? Oh, that's <gasps> right. I mean, we can just call it Monopoly, but no. uh, I don't know. Monopoly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Thanks for using my name convention of just smash the word and say it. Of oh, just say it in a weird accent, <laughs> and just kind of faster and slower. Yeah. Um, um, um. One. I'm trying. Polly. To, <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to think. What's a what's a new? What's maybe we should pick a space. Baltic Avenue. Atlantic City. Go. Go. Free parking. Go. Is Where does Monopoly take place? I think it's Atlantic No, it's Jersey. Jersey. It's somewhere in... I believe it's either Jersey City or New Jersey. It's all of us. It's happening right now. Welcome to Monopoly. What if we just call it like penny bags? Penny bags. Penny bags. It's called penny bags. Yeah, it takes place in Atlantic City. Um, Wait, hmm. so he's called Penny Bags, not Money Bags? Money and, and the, I looked it up, and it, they just called him Mr. Monopoly over there. I know. Over. I always got Mr. Monopoly and Mr. Peanut mixed if, up. If we find out that this entire time I've been calling the character the wrong name, you, you know that I'm going to have to throw myself Old into the sun, Pennywise. Right? Uh, you can, <laughs> if you guys didn't stop me, you're all no longer my friends. Eek! <laughs> because they're... <laughs> There's supposed to be people listening to this the entire time. Just oh no, I looked it up. Uncle Pennybags. It brought him up. Yeah, oh, fucking at me anyway. All right, woo, woo. I was legitimately worried. Re-record. <laughs> yeah, episode. I would have just bleeped out every mention of Pennybags. <laughs> we should call him Rich Uncle Bleep. <laughs> uh, okay, name that. What is the movie? Name this movie. I'm gonna make a sound effect for name like this go. movie. I like go a lot. It's sexy. Go? Sexy. Go. Is it? Is it too vague? It's a, it's a little simplistic. Yeah, That's what I like, like about it. Mystery, what, good what, teaser trailer. What about Pass Go? Um, Let's see. Um, it's called Rat Race 2. <laughs> yeah. Rat you, know, race you know it's not a bad uh, name, uh, but it is also too vague? Like Boardwalk. Because they're walking around the board. It's also, uh, Boardwalk Empire is a thing. Like that's way too close. Ah. Uh, they're very similar in style. Oh, as we're well. definitely having a role for Steve Buscemi in this. Oh, he's what playing is? all the parts. Yeah. This is his Meet the Clumps. Nice. <laughs> About time he made one. About time he got his. I think maybe Whoa, it's just called man. property. I would love that. We have Steve Buscemi. We have the Property Brothers. What more could you want? Uh, okay, okay, but uh, what do we think? Between go and property, pick one. I'm voting go. Hannah? You're voting property, right? Voting property. That's fair. Spencer? Oh, this is tough. Because both are one word, which... I'm voting go. Thanks, babe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our studio audience is voting go. I mean, you should take that in consideration. Go. Go. What do you want? Go. 
I mean, what do you? I mean, okay. The only thing. No, you have to make this. Two, yeah, yeah. Three. Go. go. Okay, we're doing okay, go. We're doing go. We're doing go. go. We're doing go. Yeah! yeah. We did it. Boy, should we should we leave in that weird like standoff there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. So I'm gonna cut the audio where we all had our guns out. Three. Uh, so we at we've come up with some of the characters. We've come up with the plot. We know what scenes we're doing. We're and, ready. And we're ro- and we're writing Go the Monopoly movie. Uh, and I think it's about time we head off to the writer's room game. You know it, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Before we do, just want to remind you guys to... Please make this! Please, 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 please. Won't you please make this? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Please Make This. We just stepped out of the writer's room, and we are here... <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are here to present uh, you Go. The Monopoly movie. Uh, my name is Spencer D. Blair, and I'm one of your writers and hosts. Uh, my name is Herbert Thompson. I'm one of your writers and hosts. I'm Hannah Daniel. I am a guest host and writer. And uh, my name is Liz Getty, and I was the guest writer for this masterpiece. Mm. Yeah. Uh, actually, I think a fun way to start this is that in the uh, time in which we were writing this, we were looking it up. Because we suddenly realized, I wonder if anyone's ever tried to make a uh, Monopoly yeah. movie. Many Turns people out. have, and currently they are trying to. Yeah. With Kevin Hart. Several times in like 10 years ago, Ridley Scott was supposed to direct one. <laughs> Which is, oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, they've been trying to make uh, Monopoly a movie for a long time. They just and couldn't find the I think that we finally <laughs> found gold. So they say they're still, they haven't started working on the script for the Kevin Hart vehicle Monopoly. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you would like to uh, skip that. Step, just contact us because we got like, um, I don't know, what do you think, 20% of it done? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but the 100% of the plot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is just filler. definitely. So. Uh, so we have a, a lot of fun voices around us tonight, and uh, we're gonna meet them right now. Uh, I'm Dylan Dutch, uh, I'm Nick Daniel, Austin Cope, uh, Andreas Aristides. Uh, and they're all playing a lot of different characters because uh, we made characters for each one of our uh, uh, each piece, each piece. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and beyond in some cases. Uh, so we're going to get started. Uh, uh, our first scene tonight was written by Spencer Blair. All right. Interior. Courtroom. Day. Slow fade in from black. There is shouting and confusion. The courtroom is packed with men in dark suits, either shouting across the aisle or at the lawyer's. On the defense, there is a man in his 60s wearing a dark black suit and tie. He is sitting quietly, almost half awake. Next to him is an extremely old-looking man in a brown suit. He is frail, balding, and covered in liver spots. His lips are curled down in a permanent snarl as his beady black eyes dart back and forth in the courtroom. He looks like he is holding himself back from saying something truly vile. Behind him is a 20-something-year-old boy with a light blue suit and a pink tie. On the prosecutor's side, the district attorney, a man in his 40s, he looks confident, but is tapping his foot on the floor. Judge Bradley, also an older man, because this is the 1930s and everyone was an older man back then, is sitting with his head in his hands, rubbing his temples. A bailiff enters from a back room, walks to the judge, whispers something in his ear, and retreats to the room again. The judge breathes a heavy sigh and begins banging his gavel. Order! Order! Everyone keeps shouting. Bradley smashes his gavel one last time. I said order! The courtroom quiets down. The jury has come to a decision. Mr. Milton, would you please escort the jury in? Please. The 12 jurors file in. 
As they enter, the audience begins to murmur again. Bradley lightly bangs his gavel. I will have order in this courtroom. Quiet. Juror number one stands with the paper in his hands. Now, have you come to me with a verdict, correct, sir? Yes, your honor. Thank you for your service. Now, what is the verdict? We, the jury, unanimously find the defendant, Mr. Richard Pennyberg, a.k.a. Uncle Moneybags, a.k.a. Uncle Cracker, guilty on all counts. The courtroom erupts. Everyone is yelling. <laughs> Except Pennyberg and his lawyer. If possible, Pennyberg's snarl is even more menacing. Bradley abruptly stands up. The boy in the blue suit sits back lazily. I will have order! The room goes still. Pennyberg stares venom into Bradley. <sighs> Mr. Pennyberg, before I read your sentencing, I have some thoughts I would like to publicly add to the record. I have sat on the bench for almost 30 years now, and I have never once seen a case like this. Fraud, extortion, embezzlement, gambling, murder, bribery, the list goes on and on. In this room, we have witness to a concealed, co coordinated effort to put Atlantic City squarely inside the control of a criminal empire built up around you. We have amputated the heart of this uh, city to see the cancerous growths infecting every inch you can get your hands on. Private or public, big or small, you have illegally inserted yourself into almost every business and home in this city. At this, the crowd starts angrily yelling. Bradley smashes his gavel. What? Everyone quiets down again. As judge, it is my position to interpret the laws in regards to the evidence presented to me. I remain dispassionate in favor of logic and thereby bring justice to all peoples in this city. My unwavering pursuit of justice in these principles has guided me these 30 years. However, the testimony I have heard in this room has shaken me to my very core. Your willingness, no, your giddiness at perverting the law shows a spirit so corrupt I can see no God and light within it. Only for the pursuit of money and power at the detriment of all those around you. You are, in simplest sense of the phrase, a danger to society. With that, I'd like to confirm the maximum sentence of 283 consecutive years in a federal prison with no opportunity for parole. You will spend the rest of your life behind bars, but I will not let your criminal empire stand as a monument to terror that you have inflicted on this city. Any property or assets involved in your case will hereby liquidated and return to the bank. The city will go back to the hands of those that reside in it. My hope is that this act of uh, act as a pan. My hope is that this will act as a panacea to heal this broken city. Mister Richard Pennyberg, you will go to jail. Go directly to jail. Do not return home. Do not collect any more assets. Court is adjourned. Bradley slams his gavel and everyone starts yelling again as the bailiff handcuffs Pennyberg and drags him to jail. Exterior, courthouse, continuous. A young journalist, Elliot Soule, is crushed in a crowd of reporters rushing up to the courthouse steps. They are all trying to get the attention of the young man flanked by bodyguards in the light blue suit as he puts on a matching fedora. The old lawyer stands in front of the young man. Uh, my client will not be taking any questions at this time, thank you. They begin pushing through the crowd as Elliot jumps at his chance. Uh, Jefferson, excuse me, Jefferson Pennysburg? The young man, Jefferson, looks at him, smiles, and stops. 
Excuse me, Mr. Mr. Pennysburg, but uh, we met a few weeks ago. Of course. Mr. Soul, was it? <laughs> You're the young gumshoe that was snooping around our office. Ah, quite an impressive <laughs> memory, Mr. Pennysburg. Please, Jefferson. Well, Jefferson, what do you think of the verdict? Obviously, I'm shocked. Who would have known that my dear sweet uncle was involved in mm, illegal activity? And what do you think of the judge releasing all of his assets for sale to the public? Won't this ruin you? <laughs> ruin me? I have my own enterprises to run without help from my uncle. Yes, but all that property, aren't you nervous? Listen. All of you listen. I want to make this very clear, so make sure that you take this down word for word. My uncle was a criminal, that's certain, but I am an honest businessman. You want to look at my books? I implore you to. Speak to my associates, please. I'm squeaky clean, but even more important than that, I'm a Pennyberg. We came to this country with nothing but the clothes on our back, and now we're the richest family in the city. The people of the city believe that its lion has died, that there's no more king of the concrete jungle, but as I said, I'm a Pennyberg. If some out there want to take what's rightly mine, I will not stop them from trying. But it is mine, and none of you should forget that. I have the means, I have the muscle, and most importantly, I have the money. But it seems for now the race is on, and all I have to say to that is... Go. Jefferson nonchalantly places his hat on his head and gestures that he is ready to go. Jefferson, his lawyer, and his bodyguards continue down the courthouse steps as the crowd of reporters begin to yell again. Title of the movie! And our next script is from Liz Getty. Take it away, Liz. Interior. Baltic Ave Studio. Day. The huge warehouse is a labyrinth of mannequins, spools of fabric, and rows upon rows of sewing machines. People bustle with armloads of outfits while models stand on footstools ready to be draped in frills and bright colors. Zoe Needleman, a tall, silver-haired woman wearing olive green silk pants, stands behind an even taller model and inspects a giant tear in the neckline of her dress. Nine of Zoe's fingernails are painted a deep crimson, but the tenth, her right middle finger, is covered by a shining civil, sil, shining silver thimble. Damn it, doll, you really made a mess of this. The model starts to apologize, but Zoe cuts her off. I'm sure you're extremely sorry, and it was a wild little accident with lots of twists and turns, but I do not pay you to be sorry. I pay you to wear my designs and not talk while I fix things. I need three yards of burnt orange chiffon and at least one mink! Immediately, she is handed the fabric and a mess of fur. She holds up the fur in disgust. <laughs> I said I need an animal, not your mother's mustache. Where is its head? <laughs> I want something that was breathing yesterday. She flings away without a, wear, a care of where it lands on the, the poor little assistant who handed it to her. Uh, cut to some bull about getting her stuff to Marvin Gardens. Oh my gosh, what a hassle. Interior, Marvin Gardens, concert hall, night. Camera flash and lights train on the catwalk create a disco effect. 40 years before, disco was cool. Wow, Zoe is so ahead of her time. In the lavish hall... <laughs> An endless line of models in increasingly sequined outfits vogue the shit out of their walks. <laughs> the tightly packed crowd is fucking loving it. Zoe watches from just off stage. Here comes little Lula, snappy as a firecracker in a bold orange chiffon number from last year's runner-up desire, designer, Zoe Needleman. The model we saw earlier enters the catwalk to an explosion of camera flashes. She reaches the end of the walk and uses the mink's tiny little paws to blow a kiss. <laughs> Exterior, Marvin's Gardens, night. 
A vroom breaks through the noise of the bustling city, and a very sexy race car screeches to a stop outside the hotel. Out steps a man, Vincent Broom Broomster, still in full racing gear. He takes off his helmet, runs his fingers through his hair, and winks at the crowd. Vince tosses the keys to Buddy, a very agreeable doorman. Busy night, Buddy. But he catches the keys as if he was more than used to this routine. Uh, you know what, boss? How about I park this rig and unjustifiably to my character fill you in on the details of this big-ass fashion show? Tight, tight, tight. Um, Vince is swallowed by the crowd. He signs autographs, kisses baby triplets, hands his helmet to a dumb little kid who pisses his pants in joy. <laughs> Interior, Marvin Gardens console, night. More fabulous models come on stage. Wow, we oh boy, if it isn't a montage of wonderful exhibits. One uh, model wearing fringed overalls pushes a wheelbarrow with an entirely demon clad woman with gigantic boots. Oh my god, so cool. Two of the classic Monopoly pieces. Number two. <laughs> a model with a fringe mane of pearls has another woman in a jockey outfit on her back. Yeehaw! Another piece, baby! Number three. Woof, woof! A little Scotty dog in a tiny little kilt patters down the catwalk, gets to the end, yips, pees, and runs back to get a treat from a very nice stagehand. Interior, backstage, night. Uh, Vince Broomster watches from the back of the room. A martini, I don't know what they drink in this 30s, uh, already in his hand. He spots Zoe at her perch backstage. Is uh, that the girl who owns Baltic Ave? Yeah, huh? And I heard she snagged a hotel off Mediterranean, too. One of the Uncle Nickelback buildings. Damn, that's probably ins- insulated with cash. Yeah, there's not much down that way, is there? Mostly empty lots. Yes, sir. A lot of lots. And two hotels. And probably some decent space for some fast driving. Probably a whole lot. Interesting. On stage, two models dressed in naval gear, one blue and one red, each march down the center of the catwalk. <coughs> the fleets have arrived! Another innovative ensemble from Zoe Needleman, and it looks like the captains are at the ready. The two lead models salute each other and then raise their fists in battle stance. The blue side strikes first. The captain points at the opponent's smaller battleship girl and one of her ships takes a giant red peg and stabs her. (laughs) Not like literal stab, but like in a theatrical way, so there's no blood or anything. My god, what kind of movie do you think this is? And they're off! This is dazzling, folks. In all the years as a person who says things and then says loud words about it, I have never had the pleasure of seeing two women pretend to fight. (laughs) Zoe must truly be ahead of her time. I bet in 20 years this will start to be an underground thing, and then in another 20, it will be part of a huge mania that will capture the hearts and minds of stepfathers everywhere. But for now, <laughs> let's see how Red responds to the brutal first half. The Red Captain points to the blue ship, and another Red Peg emerges and is stabbed into the blue ship. Another critical hit! This is not your grandmammy's beauty pageant anymore. Uh, Blue Captain reacts by sending a giant white peg towards the blue girls, but it misses and rolls off the stage. Uh, Red Fleet takes the opportunity to respond with another red peg, hitting the same blue ship as before. The blue ship, now with two red pegs, stumbles and falls to the floor. The blue captain raises her fists in rage, and they all file off the catwalk. Blue's battleship has been sunk! Zoe really took a chance with this one? 
And I think we'll surely be collecting more than $10 tonight. Backstage. Vince has found his way to Zoe. Hey, uh, congratulations on Mediterranean. Vincent Vroomster, what are you doing crashing my fashion show? Didn't you hear? I own this building now. Zoe raises her drink. (laughs) Clink! To Uncle Pennybags. May he never roll his way out of that cell. Vincent reaches into his no. pocket and pulls out a piece of paper with oh, a no. yellow border. Pulls out a piece of paper with a yellow border. Formatting mistake. <laughs> the idea that he just says everything. He's <laughs> Vincent reaches into his pocket and pulls out a yellow piece of paper. That's why I was like, oh, this fits. <laughs> Vincent <guy>. leaves. <laughs> I will trade you right now for all your properties on Baltic and Mediterranean for this hotel. Two neighboring properties for one lousy hotel? I'm not going to let you scam me like that. Two buildings in an underdeveloped wasteland? For a well-respected hotel with a very in-demand event space in the middle of the fashion district? How dare I jip you like that? On stage, a model dressed in a coal-back jumpsuit wheels out a very authentic cannon. <laughs> it's a solemn march. Snare drums are snare drumming. She gets to the tip of the catwalk, bends, and lights the cannon fuse. Ba-ba-boom! Out bursts a dazzling array of fireworks. Wow-wee! It lights the place up, but somehow nothing catches on fire. It's just super cool and pretty, and the whole audience goes nutso. Uh, Backstage, Zoe's now holding two papers of her own, both with a purple border. Throw in $200 and a free parking whenever I go to a race, and you've got a deal. They shake. Yeah. It's just like Monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> also, I really like that we had a battleship. Uh, with yeah, <laughs> that's a better movie than the battleship. We talked a lot about battleship. <laughs> it's, a, it's a connected universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's, all it's part one of the cinematic. Sheer, the Milton Bradley <laughs> cinematic universe. Oh you can't you can't sell anything nowadays without a universe. Yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna stop Candyland? We turn to snakes and ladders. <laughs> oh my god. Don't wake daddy. <laughs> All right, welcome back and welcome to this next trip by Hannah Daniel. <laughs> Woo! I love that you said welcome back. Like, we, they took a break and not us. Oh, after that last script, I need to take a break. <laughs> I'll put that. I'll put that back in the at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and you should too, listener. <laughs> um. Great. So, interior Jefferson Pennyberg's salon night. There is a single lamp illuminating Jefferson Beauregard Pennyberg's richly furnished bachelor apartment. Everything is opulent and designed for comfort. We hear voices in the hallway, and Jefferson sweeps in, opening his door wide. He's had a few. Egads! I do believe Dezauber Float is officially my new favorite opera. Jefferson lets a crowd of chattering, tipsy guests into his apartment. Nathaniel Horgenborgen, his best friend and heir to the Horgenborgen department store fortune, is among them, as well as Elliot Soul, the journalist. Really? You don't even speak German. Uh, but I am German, so it speaks to me. Do you even know what it was about? 
Why, yes, of course. Everyone looks at him expectantly. <laughs> Must I explain it to you, Cretans? Everyone cheers. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) All right, gather close, children, and I'll tell you the story of a lady of the night and the man whose magic flute brought great pleasure to the fair maiden. Everyone begs him to stop. (laughs) We just listened to a three-hour opera in the key of phlegm. Spare us more disgust. (laughs) Nathaniel goes to Jefferson's sideboard and starts pouring everyone drinks. Jefferson, clearly already the worst for wear, accepts a drink and slumps into his favorite armchair by the fire. You all just use me for my booze and my access and my... He gives a pathetic glance at his lap and hiccups. <gasps> Magic flute. Elliot's soul wanders over, <laughs> settling in the armchair next to Jefferson. Jefferson fucks. He's holding his hand, but is clearly sober. Mr. Pennysburg, I have to thank you for your gift. I've never had the privilege to attend the opera before. And now you see it's more punishment than privilege. It was certainly something. I think I shall never attend the opera again. I'll give my box to (laughs) the orphans. I'm sure the orphans will be duly enriched. Mr. Soul. Elliot, please. Elliot, Elliot, my newest, dearest friend, Elliot. Yes? Why must everything be so complicated? We just had a lovely night out. What could be complicated? All these people want something from me. Ingratiating invertebrates, servile sycophants, blood-sucking buffoons. Want, 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 take, take, take. What do you want, Mr. Pennysburg? I want... everything. Well, you certainly don't have nothing. You're wrong. I have money, but I'm no one. If I am nothing, I have nothing. That's why I brought you here tonight. I'd like to make an announcement. Well, for the sake of journalistic integrity, I feel I should tell you that I'm here strictly as a friend. Anything you say is off the record. Good. Good. But as my newest friend, you should know that come April, I will be stepping into the role of chairman of the board and chief executive of the electric company. Goodness, what an honor. It it seems congratulations are in order. Elliot reaches over to shake Jefferson's hand. Jefferson sloppily shakes. Yes, an honor indeed. I took a chance, paid every board member $50. (laughs) Jefferson makes a flourish, spilling his drink. I didn't know there was a vacancy. Ah, sweet, sweet Elliot. In the presence of currency, a vacancy can always be found. Elliot sips his drink and looks into the fire, pleased with this nugget. (laughs) Indeed. Jefferson reaches to the standing lamp between the two armchairs. He pulls the cord, switching it on. There's a dollar for me. He switches it off. Uh, There's another dollar for me. He switches it on again. And another dollar for me. (laughs) And another dollar for me. Exterior, Jefferson Pennybrig's apartment building, night. We see the light flickering on and off in the window, revealing the reveler's silhouettes as we slowly fade to black. (laughs) Interior, Jefferson Pennybrig's salon, morning. The partygoers are gone, and Jefferson is still slumped in his chair, sleeping. In the daylight, the apartment appears shabbier, reflecting the neglected state of its owner. The remnants of the party are strewn about. What's his name? Uh, Goffring. Goffring? Jefferson's butler appears, bearing a tray of coffee in the morning's paper. He sets the tray on the side table and tosses the newspaper onto Jefferson's lap. Jefferson wakes with a start. Ah, Goffring, Goffring! Turn that blasted light off. Oh, I'm afraid I can't, sir. It's the sun now. What would I were the Lord above? 
Only you turn the day to night and serve you better. Oh, if you could ring the Vatican. <laughs> Somehow, sir, your blasphemy fails to shock me. As Jefferson rubs his temples, Goffering pours him a cup of coffee, stirring in three cubes of sugar and a generous pour of cream. He pulls a flask out of his breast pocket, adds a nip, and hands the cup to Jefferson. I'm sorry, Goffering, I really am. I atone. You may have to do so publicly after you read today's paper. Whatever do you mean? Jefferson lifts the paper as he takes a sip of coffee. His eyes widen and he promptly spits it out. Goffering! We see the paper in Jefferson's hand. There's now coffee all over it. The headline reads, Penny bags, air, bribes board, bafflingly bears all. With the byline, Elliot Soul. Below this, we see a photograph of Jefferson clearly taken at the opera the previous night. He's all smiles. Ugh. Is my uncle's lawyer still in jail? If not, we may want to give him a call. Just then, there's a pounding on the door. We hear Inspector Lightfoot's muffled voice. All right, police, open up. <laughs> Jefferson looks at Goffering pleadingly. Goffering, I know it's almost impossible for you to resist being hospitable, but I must beg you, please don't open that door. Goffering raises an eyebrow and begins to walk to the door. Goffering, Goffering, I'll do anything. I'll give you Sundays off. I'll let you use the telephone for personal calls. Please don't open that door. Goffering opens the door and steps smartly aside. Inspector Lightfoot and several other cops swarm in. They immediately begin opening drawers and taking papers. Oh, Jefferson Beauregard Pennyberg. <laughs> you're, you're under arrest for the bribery, deception, and outright villainy. My good sir, do you know who I am? I'm the nephew of one of the greatest businessmen on this side of the Atlantic. I own B&O Railroad. I can give you and your family tickets to go anywhere in the country. Anywhere. Oh, trying to bribe me, are ya? begins to circle the chair. Stopping Jefferson. Jefferson backs away. Uh, uh, no. What? Why would you think that? I was merely being friendly. Oh, Toto, you rich people. Think you can just buy and sell property willy-nilly like there aren't good, hard-working people who live there. It makes me sick. Oh, I'm taking you in. No, please. Inspector Lightfoot lunges as Jefferson dances away. A chase ensues, during which Jefferson basically destroys his own house. Eventually, he's tackled and cuffed. Ah, you're going directly to jail. <laughs> Exterior. Entrance to Jefferson Pennyberg's apartment building day. Inspector Lightfoot is marching Jefferson Pennyberg out of the building, and people are gathered on the street. Elliot Soul appears and tips his hat to Jefferson. Jefferson gapes. Inspector Lightfoot. Inspector. Lightfoot, a moment, please. <laughs> oh, what, what is it, Soul? I'm just wondering, sir... How does it feel to apprehend someone who thought they could break the law and get away with it? Oh, I'm just doing my job, Soul. But I tell you what, today, I really like doing it. <laughs> Lightfoot strong arms Jefferson into a waiting police car. They drive off as Elliot scribbles notes on his pad. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can yes. yes. the yes. Irish accent. Put it in the vault, folks. <laughs>
All right, next up, we have a script by Hobart Thompson. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, This is the last scene of the movie. I will say, just for uh, uh, some fun changes up from our last scene, in this scene, uh, Inspector Lightfoot does not have an accent, but Vincent Vroomster does. (laughs) So, you're ready to switch up your accents, friend. Here we go. All right. Interior, Pittyburg Tower, Park Place, Elevator, Night. Elliot Soul, 28, an extremely anxious reporter who's been looking into the rapid selling and buying of Pennyburg properties. Inspector Lightfoot, 42, a diligent and deadly serious IRS agent, stand in the ornate elevator of Pennyburg Tower. A well-dressed elevator operator is bringing them to the top, and Elliot is nervously smoking. He drops his cigarette to the floor and grinds it out, and the elevator operator looks at him. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, he picks up the cigarette butt and unsure what to do with it, stuffs it in his pocket. He immediately re- lights another cigarette. You all right, soul? My heart is beating very fast. My mouth is very dry, and I think one of my legs is moving on its own. <laughs> Lightfoot looks down. Elliot's leg is trembling severely. It almost looks like he's dancing with just half of his body. Yeah, it's really going down there. Listen, kid. <laughs> you did good. You've put together more clues than half the men in my department, and you're still wet behind the ears. You're actually very sweaty. Would you like a handkerchief? No, no, I'm, I'm fine. I just need a moment to compose myself. Penthouse floor, sirs. The elevator doors open and Lightfoot starts to walk out. Elliot remains very still. Just one more moment. Just one more, please. One more, actually. Interior, hallway to Richard Pennyberg's apartment. Lightfoot and Elliot walk quickly to the door. You know the plan, right? Yes, I'll interview the butler while you, my eccentric photographer, request to take one picture of the skyline from Pennysburg's office. You grab the ledger, we leave. Good boy. And if we're caught, this isn't exactly federal procedure. (laughs) I bribe the servant, and we take this anonymous information straight to the paper. Let's see you crawl your way out of this, Pennyberg. Soon this city will be safe from that damned ghoul and all his cronies and stooges and goons and hangers-on and psychopaths. What the devil is that sound? Down the hall, Elliot and Lightfoot hear the sounds of screaming and crashing. Lightfoot draws his gun. My God, that's coming from Pennyberg's. Come on, hurry. I... Need just a moment. Now! <laughs> Lightfoot and Elliot approach the door of the apartment, and the sounds of screaming and crashing grow louder. Uh, he tests the doorknob, and it's unlocked. They ready themselves and go inside. Interior, Pennyberg's apartment. Inside the apartment is a scene of total chaos. All around the apartment are the business partners and family of Richard Pennyberg uh, are fighting, throwing food and household objects, and screaming at each other. Elliot Light and Lightfoot uh, look at each other, and then Lightfoot raises his gun to fire. Across the room, Mr. Goffring, 60s, a stern butler to the Pennyberg family, stops restraining a struggling Manfred Warman, 30s, a broadly southern oil man and horse fan, and yells to them. <coughs> You'd better not fire that gun in this house, sirs! Everyone stops fighting and looks to Elliot and Lightfoot. I'm not cleaning up another fucking mess! And I apologize for my tone. We've been having a difficult evening. Uh, can we help you, Inspector? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, what a tip. Could. <laughs> Could. Could you explain exactly what is going on here? We received um, 
a noise complaint. Rebecca Wolfen, 50, is a dog breeder and benefactor to the charity Community Chest, quickly scoops up her dog, Sir Darrow, and uh, who is tucking on the pant leg of Jefferson Pennyberg, 20s, the arrogant, foppish nephew of Richard Pennyberg. <laughs> I thought you were the tax man. And isn't that jittery little reporter uh, from the Reading Tribune? Elliot's eyes get large, and he looks to Lightfoot. He is indeed quite jittery. He's, uh, well, he's writing a story about me. Vincent Vroomstie, 50s, a <laughs> Trey French professional race car driver who has Colonel Shipman, 50s, an ex-Navy uh, partner of Richard's who owns a shipping company, in a headlock, looks up in disbelief. <laughs> who would be interested in such a thing? I told you, you should write about me, soul, and my many exploits. Like this intelligent and inelegant brawl. <laughs> Colonel Shipman elbows him roughly in the stomach and he collapses to the floor. Why the devil are you all fighting? This bastard bought up all the land I was going to put a new rail yard right under my nose from that bastard. He points his cane to Jefferson. It was my land to sell. You shouldn't have dwaddled, you old bastard. You bastard! Zoe Needleman, 20, is a fashion designer with a burgeoning chain of high-end retail stores and no time for stupidity, points angrily toward Vumcier. That French bastard promised me I could buy that from him if I let his bastard of a girlfriend be my model. She ruined me. How was I supposed to know that she was a murderer who had killed her whole family? <laughs> Try talking to the women you sleep with, you bastard. Every advertisement for Needleman's has Lizzie fucking Borden on it. She did not use an axe. She poisoned them. All of them. <laughs> oh, sorry. All ten of them. Oh shit, I'm lightfoot too. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Everyone stop calling each other bastards. And stop fighting. Why the hell are we, you even in this apartment fighting? Because my uncle is dead. We're trying to mm, self-officiate his will. Richard Pennysburg isn't dead. He made bail this afternoon. He did what now? <laughs> Everyone is dead silent for a moment, and there is a crash from inside the adjoining room. Everyone looks to the door and then rushes toward it all at once. Interior, Pennyberg's office. They'll burst to the door to find Richard Pennyberg, 70s, a balding, extremely wealthy huckster and real estate mogul, trying to stuff money and bonds into a bag. The monocle drops out of his eye. Oh, hello. Everyone starts screaming at him at once. A lot of bastards are being thrown around. Richard holds up his hand to silence them. Please, please let me explain. I'm trying to run away. Everyone starts screaming again. Lightfoot fires his pistol into the air. A dusting of plaster showers down. Great, another fucking mess. Elliot, the ledger is on the desk. Take it. Elliot grabs the ledger sitting on the desk and thumbs through it. He smiles weakly at Lightfoot and nods and reaches inside his hand, uh, reaches his hand inside his coat, taking out a large wad of money. He walks over and nervously hands it to Mr. Goffring. Um, you saw nothing. What the hell is wrong with this man? He's... He's trying to bribe you. Just take it. Goffring <laughs> takes the money, confused, and Elliot bows a little, tries to say something, and then runs out of the room. It's done, Pennyberg. Soon the whole city will know the corruption 
you've brought to this city. There will be no weaseling out of this one. <laughs> Inspector Lightfoot. Oh, you delightful bastard. Of course I'll get away with it. I own everything. Look at these idiots. They spent the whole time I was in prison squabbling over my properties, selling them back and forth, fighting and fumbling to grab as much as possible. But who owns the bank? Ooh, I do! So when these morons fail to make their shopping centers or dog graveyard or whatever the hell their stupid minds cooked up profitable... The property will just come back to me. I'll call Miss Banks. I'll demand she cancel my deal. I want my money back. Miss Banks, you're a banker. The woman we've been going through for dividing up the properties. Yes, she came to my house and took uh, my cash payment for the boardwalk. Uh, Save for my buying up the dang waterworks. <laughs> I don't own the waterworks. She took cash from all of you? Everyone nods. Mm-hmm. What kind of yes. baker does house calls? You fools. You absolute... What? This... This money, it's... What the hell is your face doing on this money, Jefferson? Mm, they're Jeffersons! They get you services and drinks in my new hotel. Why are they in my safe? <laughs> I guess I don't know, Uncle. Say, can I have a loan? There was a million dollars in here. Did you give this bank's woman your money? You? Warman? You too? You all gave cash to a woman claiming to be my personal banker? I... I guess I wasn't the only one playing a game. Richard drops to the floor. Everyone screams and Lightfoot runs forward. Oh, no! Oh, blast! He's alive. He's only fainted. So you, you were all... Sorry. So you're all making under the table. Cash real estate deals, eh? I think I'll be seeing all of you very, very soon. No, wait! Is that how this game works? This is not a game, Mr. Pennyberg. Though if it is, you've lost. Interior, a luxury car, night. Mrs. Banks, a character we didn't mention here. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about extensively in our thing. Uh, is sitting in an ornate train car. She looks down to a large suitcase she is carrying, which is full of money. She laughs and sips from a glass of wine. She dabs her mouth with a handkerchief. We'll never know who this was, but the monogram on the handkerchief <laughs> simply reads G-O. The end. Yeah. Hey! And that is the end of our uh, incredibly farcical um, monopoly uh, adaptation. Go! Uh, let's give a big hand to all of our uh, uh, readers tonight. You all did such a good job. And let's give a big hand to Liz, our guest writer. Uh, and to Hannah, our guest Yay! host. Thanks for coming back. Uh, if you have enjoyed this show, uh, you might consider checking it out on one of the many social media outlets that we uh, prescribe to. 
That sounds so weird, but I don't normally say this part, but Spencer's not feeling very well. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to take over for it, and I'm going to fucking nail it, I promise. Uh, uh, so you can find us on SoundCloud, you can find us on any other like uh, podcast, the app, especially iTunes, and now additionally Spotify. Uh, we encourage you to uh, rate and review and subscribe wherever you can. I know it's a huge-ass pain to rate and review podcasts, especially on iTunes, but if you do, it actually really helps us because it boosts us in the, like, fucking algorithm man like talking about that uncle penny bag shit uh boost us in the algorithm uh so that we can connect with more people who enjoy this same uh kind of stuff uh so as much of it's a pain if you ever have a moment like give us a couple stars give us a review even if it's negative we still like the feedback and uh, we greatly appreciate it because what we're most enjoying is writing these stupid ass movies with our friends and sharing them with all you people so uh, uh, give us a chance take a look on iTunes Spotify and beyond we'll have another episode uh, in two weeks and we'll have a bonus episode coming out next week so thank you so much for listening to Please Make This and as always we remind you to Please Make This Oh, and also pass go and collect $200 because you deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. That's because this is a podcast. Hello, this is your district manager, Hobart. And here at NPC Inc., we stand for two things. Making you a high-quality podcast called Desk and Day Jobs, and whatever it is this company does. Let's meet some of your fun co-workers. Hi, my name is Stuart D. Beacon, and I'm your half-elf IT person. Oh, hey, I'm Agnes Hellman, and I'm a tiefling accountant. Hello, I am Rube T. Camry. I am a dwarf accountant or CFO. And it's me, Matthias Maxwell. I'm one of your salespersons, and... I love anime. Here at Destin Day Jobs, we play Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition, but we've transcribed all the rules into the real world. So join us every other week for a brand new episode where four to five coworkers go on very mundane adventures so that they can avoid doing work at all costs and have as much fun as they possibly can with their Destin Day Jobs. So listen in, because we make the, the mundane, mundane fantastical! fantastical.